0: You're watching KCMI TV. Well, I'm glad you joined me tonight. And uh, I want to say at the beginning, Merry Christmas. My goodness, we're just, what, three days away now from uh, celebrating uh, Christmas time. And oh my, how time has gone by. It's been a great year. And so, uh, what I want to share with you tonight is, is really fresh in my spirit. It Actually, this is something that God began to talk to me about this morning in prayer. And so, um, It's going to be a little bit spontaneous. I'm not exactly sure how we're going to unfold this, but I believe that God wants to say something to us. Uh, The Scripture says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, And when I was reflecting on that verse, uh, waiting on God requires strength. And the longer you wait, uh, the more strength you use up. And so uh, the Lord is telling us, he says, When you wait on me, it's going to deplete your strength but i'll give it back he said you will mount up with wings as eagles and uh, as human beings there's probably nothing harder for us to do uh, is to wait on god and uh, in fact we just don't like to wait Uh, i heard somebody say lord hurry up and give me patience and it, it doesn't work that way there are two kinds of time that are mentioned in the scripture one is chronos and that's where we get the word chronology and uh, it deals with man's time. If, whether it's, it's months or days or years or weeks, uh, uh, minutes, seconds, all of that, that's chronos time. And so uh, that's man's time, it's something that, that we have used to define uh, how we operate in life. And uh, it's something that we can control to some degree. But then there is God's time, and it's called Kairos. And uh, in, in the natural realm, for man to make things happen, there have to be a lot of things that fall into place. We're looking for certain events to take place in the natural for man's vision to fall into place and come to pass. That's in Kronos time. But in God's time, Kairos time, God doesn't need anything in the natural to line up to perform his word and one of the things that's really i think uh messed with christians in this hour in the last two years is we tried to take god and stick him in man's time frame and god doesn't operate in man's time frame he operates in his kairos moments and kairos moments are where the things that are in heaven converge and they create a divine opening in which God goes through and into the earth and he begins to lose something by the Spirit of the Lord and so I would say for me personally uh, one of the hardest things that I've ever experienced is learning to wait upon the Lord and uh, most of the time we we're waiting on God to fulfill a promise that he's already given us. So it's not that we don't believe God's going to do it. It's just that God's ways are not our ways. And there are many, many times that God will outlast you. He'll outweigh you. And it's in that moment that I want to talk to you about. You remember the Old Testament where Joseph is a young man, he's about maybe 16, 17 years old, and the Lord Jehovah begins to speak to him in prophetic dreams. And in these dreams, God begins to show him that there will come a day where he will be elevated and people will pay obedience to him and homage to him, and they will honor him. And yet here he is, the youngest of the sons, and he begins to tell these dreams to his brothers. And, um, and I want to take a moment to say this. Not everything that God tells you, do you need to tell to other people? Because there's a lot of people that when you share with them the promises that God's given you, they're not going to rejoice with you. One of the meanest devils you will ever deal with is jealousy. And jealousy will lead to a murderous spirit and so the Bible says this: the fool telleth all that's in his heart and over the years God's dropped things in my spirit that I God made me promises and for many of you God's made you promises and one of the worst mistakes you can make is telling those promises to the wrong person and we see this laid out in Joseph's life he tells it to his brothers who are they have a murderous spirit, they're jealous of him because of the favor of his father and they tried to kill him. And I think it was Reuben that spared his life and caused Joseph to be put into a pit and then they sold him. And then we begin to see how Joseph's life begins to unravel. And the only thing that he takes with him from his father's house is his fa- his God's promise. And all in his heart, the times he's in, in, uh, in the pit, and then he is, he's sold as a slave, and he's in Potiphar's house, and then he finds himself in prison. All of those years, and actually it, it's about a 17 or 13 year process that God makes him this great promise, and from the time he gets a promise, it seems like his life just begins to reverse, and everything bad that can happen to Joseph happens. One of the reasons that Joseph is one of my favorite characters in the Old Testament is his faith. Because, see, it's when you wind up in the pit and you wind up in the prison and you wind up being a slave to something that is against your will and all you have is a promise from God, if you're not careful, you'll step out of the Kairos moment and you'll fall back into the Kronos moment. Kairos is where God does it. Kronos is where you do it. And we know the story that Joseph is in prison, and the word comes from the Pharaoh. It says, bring him out of prison. And he went from prison and filthy garments to no hope no way it could have ever happened 24 hours later he is second in command in the land of Egypt only next to Pharaoh this is what I thought about what would have happened if Joseph would have not waited on God and decided I'm breaking out of prison because God's made me a promise What would have happened if Joseph would have broke out of prison the night before that God had already loosened the Kairos time of the kingdom of God, that Joseph's coming out tomorrow? He would have not been promoted. You know what he would have been? He would have been a fugitive hunted by the king that had a promise from God that would never be fulfilled because he tried to make it happen on his own there are so many things in the scripture that that talk about this we go to first Samuel and uh, we read where God has elevated Saul taken him from a nobody and made him king the first king over God's chosen people and Samuel who is the prophet he's also anointed Saul, tells Saul, he says, I'm going to come to Gilgal, and I'm going to offer sacrifice. And he said, it'll be seven days before I come. And he said, when I get there, then we'll offer the sacrifice. When you read this story, it says that after seven days, Samuel had not come. So what does Saul do? He knows that the sacrifice needs to be made. So Saul steps out of his placement in the kingdom. And he goes from king to prophet into an office that God had not called him. Offers a sacrifice immediately. Samuel shows up and says, What have you done? And he said, It's going to cost you your kingdom for what you did. I'm speaking to some of you because you are so close to God fulfilling the promise that you have held on to perhaps for years. I remember uh, probably uh, 30 years ago, I was up at CBN in a meeting in Virginia Beach, and uh, there was an old man that came to me, and he began to prophesy to me. And he said, the day's going to come when God's going to promote you, and it's going to come so fast and so quick, and men from all over are going to begin to pull on you. And he said, guard the gifts that's in you. And over the years, I've thought about that prophecy, and um, it never came to pass, you know, year after year. And 10 years came, 20 years came, 25 years came, and 30, whatever it was. And then literally overnight, I'm telling you, in a 24-hour period, I watched God do, fulfill the promise that looked like it was dead. This is is a beautiful thing. Um, Most of the time, if we step out, listen, the enemy is going to push on you the most. He's going to pressure you the most to try to fulfill what God has said over your life when you are the closest to God doing it you just don't see it see faith uh, waiting requires great faith it uh, and if you don't have faith you won't survive and so when you go back uh, to the scriptures you know a lot of times uh, the reason that that we try to help God listen when God makes prophetic utterances over your life or over the church um this is what's really i think thrown the church um off of its stride right now in america is that we had prophecies that were given by men of god and we tried to put timing on it and we tried to interpret it according to how we wanted god to move god generally never fulfills his word the way we think that he's going to and so here you have Abraham. He's 75 years old. He's not even middle age because he lives to be 175. So at the time that God gives Abraham this promise, he still has a hundred years to live. So God comes to him and says, "Abraham, he said, um, "You're going to have a son." Eliezer, who is a servant in your house, is not going to be heir to what you have." And so Abraham gets excited. He now has the promise. God has told him, he said, from you and Sarah are going to come forth a son. He's going to be the seed. And out of your loins, is going to come many nations. So we know that it takes 25 years for God to fulfill this. So here's five years goes by and Abraham is 80. Then five years by goes by again and he's 85 and now 3 more years go by and he's 88 he's getting ready to turn 90 and his little wife sarah is struggling because you know that him and sarah have sat at night and sat at in the tent and talked about the promise that god has given them and they're excited they've never had children can i tell you by the spirit that the promises that god has made some of you you've never had before this is going to eclipse anything that god has ever done in your life and there's a lot of you that feel like well i've already passed the the optimum time in my life my prime is over listen god doesn't have any problem with that some of the greatest people that have ever done something for the kingdom of the lord were were old uh, think of moses god gives him a promise even when he's a baby and he doesn't do it till he's 80 years old and uh, Simeon, he was an old man in the temple before he ever held Jesus in his arms and, and realized God has fulfilled the word of the Lord. And so uh, Abraham and Sarah are talking, and this is why it's so important that when God has given you as a couple, a husband and a wife, uh, this this promise, this insight into what he's going to do in the future, you got to stay in agreement. And Sarah comes to Abraham and says, um, you know, here I am, I'm 70, 73 years old, I think, probably by that time. She said, um, I'm not going to be able to give you a child. God does not need flesh to help him perform Kairos promises. And so Abraham's listening to Sarah, and she says, take my maid, uh, Hagar, and... Uh, of course their cultures were different he went into unto uh, her and they had a Abraham impregnates her and she has a son named Ishmael all right Abraham not waiting on God in this story does not negate the promise but here's what it did it loosed an enemy in the earth that would forever harass and try to destroy what God was going to birth, if you don 't wait on the Lord and you try to do it on your own, you break out of prison the day before or you wait to say the prophet's not come, and prophecy's not going to be fulfilled, the worst mistake that you can ever make is trying to help God fulfill it and um, Generally, we act, we shift out of the spirit realm of faith, and we start acting in the flesh realm, which is unbelief, when we stop believing that God will make this come to pass. And when Abraham was 88 years old, he fathered Ishmael. And if you think about it, The greatest conflict that's in the earth today and will be when Jesus Christ comes back is the war between the seed of Ishmael and the seed of Isaac I think it was Paul that talked about it he said Ishmael was born of the flesh and Isaac was born of the Spirit and they cannot abide together and when Isaac was finally born God told Abraham, he said, you have to get Ishmael out of the house. There are some of you that the devil is tempting to birth an Ishmael. Don't do it because it will harass what God wants to do in your spirit in the future. And waiting on God is is a difficult thing. It takes tremendous faith. Because when we learn to wait on the Lord, um, we don't allow the devil to disrupt our peace. And before God ever does something great, he will give you a promise that he's going to do it. And many of you right now, you're listening to me around the world. You can think of moments where you have felt like God spoke this to me. And then here you are 10 years, 15, 20 years, 30, 40 years, and you've still not seen it come to pass. And God waited until Abraham's loins were dead and Sarah's womb was dead to fulfill the promise. I think that right now, there are things in the flesh realm that God's letting die so that when the word of the Lord is fulfilled over this nation and over the earth and over the nations of the earth that nobody will be able to say I did this it was a joint effort it was it was a combined agreement between people that we caused this to come to pass God does not share his glory And I can promise you that when Joseph got the call, Joseph, the king wants to see you. And they bring him in a change of clothes, and they give him a bath. And he walks out and stands in the presence of the king and gets a gold chain around his neck and the honor that he got. There had to be a time... That, you know, the Bible says this about Joseph. He had opportunity to break out of prison because the man that ran the prison put the whole prison in the charge of Joseph. So I'm sure he had some keys, he had some means and the natural that he could have walked out of there. But he stayed in the will of God. I want to end this with this admonishment. Stay in the will of God. Because... Whatever you can bring up and cause to come to pass that's out of your own strength will never have eternal purpose, and it will never satisfy you. You will always wonder, was this God's full will, was this His purpose, or did I, was I premature? Learn to wait upon the Lord. And... Um, What is born by flesh? When you, when you think, well, God's not going to do it, and so I'm going to make it come to pass. Anything that, that we birth or we create by fleshly means can be touched by the devil. It can be, desto- it can be stopped by the devil. It can be destroyed by the devil because it's born of the flesh. But anything, that's born out of the Kairos of God, that's born of the Spirit. The devil cannot kill it. It's eternal. It's untouchable by the enemy. And if we will wait on the Lord, I've told you in in times gone by that, you know, the difficulties that I had after 49 years of pastoring and thanking Lord, Maybe I should just retire, and I'm sure that as I speak to many of you, you've had the same feelings, and, and yet I, would no, I knew weighed down my spirit. I could never quit because I never got a release from the Lord. You hold on to the promises of the Lord, but you keep them in His hands. Take your hands off of it. Take a breath. Tell the Lord till then I'm gonna walk this out by faith and if you will do that always remember this the promises of God are yea and amen and the word of the Lord the promises of God never come back to him in heaven unfulfilled and in the spirit realm right now if you could see it the heavens are swirling with promises prophetic utterances over your lives that God is so close to saying, let it be. And just like that, God will shift things over your ministry, your nation, your life, your health. And oh, when he does, you will say, oh my, I'm so glad that I waited on the Lord. Well, Merry Christmas, I love you. I hope uh, these next few days are a wonderful time with you and your family. Till I see you again, God bless you.